Welcome to the Space for Sisters podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Dominique Pritchett. Today, I am joined by Tahoya Jackson. Hello, Tahoya. Hey, Dominique, how are you? I am well. How are you feeling? I'm feeling amazing. Happy to be here today. Love it. Love it. Let me introduce our guests. Tahoya Jackson, MBA, is a former people pleaser, overachiever, golden child, and trauma survivor turned mindset coach and certified trauma professional. Her superpower is helping mentally exhausted women overcome past hurt so they can finally feel safe enough to surrender to the calling on their life. Through her signature coaching programs and social media platforms, she is devoted to helping women shift their minds, reframe their thoughts, and show up for themselves unapologetically. In addition, she is a transformational speaker, founder of the global mental health awareness movement, Hey Girl Heal, and the mother of two amazing and gentle parented children. Welcome again. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You're so welcome. Before we dive in, I'm curious. When you hear the three words, space for sisters, what does this mean to you? Space for sisters for me definitely means a space of freedom um, where black and brown women feel safe and secure to be themselves, to just let it all hang out, right? Because we walk throughout this world with having it all together and we, we feel the need to have it all together. And I feel the space for sisters is a place where we can just come and just be ourselves unapologetically, where we're also learning about ourselves and rediscovering ourselves and redefining what success and happiness in life looks like for us outside of the people pleasing and the past trauma and different things like that. So that's what I feel that space for sisters means. I love that. I love the part of learning about ourselves. Because when we are in a collective space or a space with a few, I I see, when I see another sister, I see a mirror or a reflection of not just the struggle, but the strive to just keep showing up. And so we get to learn about ourselves through each other. So I love that you mentioned that. Definitely. Yes. So when you are not out here transforming hearts, transforming lives with the global mental health movement, hey girl, hey, and it's just so fun to say, by the way, what do you do for fun? For fun and leisure. I may not look like it, but I'm a sports girl. I love watching sports. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Do not boo me, (laughs) y'all. A Dallas Cowboys fan. I also love, I played volleyball majority of my life before I went to college. Volleyball is something that I love. My daughter recently said she wanted to play. She's nine. So I'm super excited about that. Definitely volleyball. Spending time with my family, my boyfriend. Um, I talk about true love versus trauma love a lot um, on my Facebook platform. I'm a family oriented person too. I love doing new things with my family and also traveling. Okay. Wherever I can go on a beach or an island or just wherever, Airbnb to get a break. I love that too, y'all. <laughs> Look, we and we follow each other on the socials and y'all know how it is. Y'all see all sides. One of the things I love about you is that you just don't paint the, the rosy side of what it's like to continue healing through your experiences. You really educate people, you break it down and you make the things so relatable. Yes, and that crazy thing that you said, relatable, that's one of the, the, the values and 
promises that I stand on is to always be real raw and relatable. And even in my like questionnaire, when people, my clients come to work with me or fill out the interest form, one of the things is like, what inspired you to connect with Toloya? And all of them are like, she was relatable. I could see myself in her. Mm-hmm. I definitely value that wholeheartedly. I love it. So traveling, definitely my love language. I like to be gone maybe every other month. Where have you traveled to recently? And what did you take away from that experience? I recently traveled to Atlanta, Georgia for the uh, Impact Weekend. I went there and I was in a room of 150 Black women in business. Just to be like Dominique said earlier about the collective, like the feeling of being around people who not only understand you, but are walking the same walk that you're walking. They are headed towards success, right? Being there was definitely eye-opening for me and um, transforming. During that time, just to share a quick story, I was able to open up my eyes to the poverty and lack mindset that I still had lingering within me. I, I ordered room service, right? I had never ordered room service in my life. I'm just the type of person, I'm like, I'm, I'll just go get it myself <laughs> because I just want to do something. But ordering room service, booking the flight and the trip there, when I said the hotel that we stayed in was luxurious and I heard this in my head, it was like, what would your mom think if she knew that you spent your mortgage to stay here for three days? And I was like, okay, I honestly don't care. Like that was my new Tahoya response. Like, I don't care. However, the, the negative thoughts played into my mind in reference to the hotel costs and in reference to me ordering room service, right? I only got a burger, y'all. I think it was like $35. But it was like, Girl, you know, the lack mindset and the negative thoughts that play when you grow up in poverty or when you grow up in lack try to come back. And I realized that there was some more work that I need to do from a money mindset perspective to reach the financial and wealth goals that I desired, not only for my business, but for my family as well. Absolutely. And it wasn't about the burger or I'm dialing room service. It's, you know mm-hmm. what? I want to experience being catered to. I want to experience all of it from room service, probably to valet, to just booking the flight. What motivated you to go through that experience? I would definitely say the elevation process. I'm just on this whole like journey of, I want to experience more in every aspect of life. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it costs, no matter what I have to sacrifice to get it or what I have to go through to get to it. I want to be able to experience this not only for myself, but to be able to go back and share this story with women who think that these things are impossible. Right. For women who feel so bogged down by their brokenness or the things that they've been through in life, that they feel that there is no joy or peace or happiness on the other side of life. Being able to be the first generational curse breaker in my family, that's one of the things that I wholeheartedly stand on and what it excites me a lot to do different things and to embrace different experiences. There's a really good book by Dan Sullivan. It's called Who, Not the How, The Formula to Achieve Bigger Goals, Accelerating Teamwork. The book is really good as you're building and growing your business, but also it's a snapshot to how to look at your poverty mindset, your trauma relationship with money, all of those things that's stopping us from living our legacy. Many of us spend time building our legacy, leaving a legacy, but are we living our legacy? Yes, it's related to teamwork and business, but I apply it to personal as well. Who do I need in my life to give me time back? I could have ran down to the uh, restaurant, spent 90 minutes ordering my food, but room service allowed me to get just a little bit more time back for me. Yep, exactly. Okay. So who, not the how. 
That's what I am hearing. And it really can help us shift out of that poverty mindset. And here's the thing. We know with poverty comes trauma. And part of that trauma is I don't trust nobody. I can do it by myself. Girl. Yes, the whole superwoman thing. Take off the cape. Sis, we are giving you permission. This is your invitation to take off that cape because it's heavy. It's heavy. And it's cute. It may be cute, but it's costing you. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about who were you growing up? Me growing up. Um, now I can say this from this space. I was a nerd. Like, I've always been a nerd my entire life. I used to, like... People used to pick on me for it, but now I fully embrace it. Like, I love learning. I grew up in a single-parent home. My mom got pregnant with me, and shortly after that, my dad went to prison. So the first four years of my life was basically weekend road trips to see my dad, to develop some type of relationship with him. My mom was a single parent. We were more like best friends as opposed to mom and daughter. When I emerged into this entrepreneurship space, I realized that that was one of the main reasons why I lack discipline. However, it's on me now to create discipline within me as I'm on this new journey. My mom, she's amazing. Um, I would, she was fully, we were fully emerged in the church. I was in every youth, any committee, ushering choir that you can imagine. I feel like my mom was the pray about it type person when we had things going on. That's what she um, knew. That's what she had. I was, exactly. I was a overachiever. So I was the person who would cry in my room and lock myself in the room when I got an 89. Because <laughs> I was like, I need an A. And so my dad wasn't there for me. My dad lived in the same city. Um, however, he was not fully active in my life. I barely saw him. When he got um, out of prison. When he got out of prison, he got he came back home. We tried to be a family, but he chose the street life over his family because that was what he knew. So he went back to that and my mom said that wasn't acceptable. So he just decided to go off and do whatever he was doing. And so throughout can, my can life- we, Can I, we pause right there? How powerful was that for you to witness mom saying, not in my house? It was very powerful and it showed me her true strength as a woman and what she desired. A lot of times, even in this generation, I see it a lot where women settle for less than they deserve just to say they're loved or just to say they're in a relationship. So being able to, my mom, to be that first person who showed me what it looks like to choose you or what that strength is like, um, even though it meant that she was going to have to continue to sac make sacrifices as a single mom, she still chose herself as opposed to the American dream of, oh, well, I have a, a husband or I have a man in this household. Um, mm -hmm. She did what was best for her. And I truly value that. Yeah. And that is the perfect reminder. We all were dealt cards. Um, mm -hmm. Some people's cards are shinier. Some people's cards are more dull, ripped up, torn apart, missing pieces, mm -hmm. <laughs> ain't got the full deck. It is a reminder when we think back on all of our trials and tribulations, there are positive moments. There are influential moments. So we have got to remember there were moments that were so defining in our life. We may not have known it then, but let those parts in if they mean something now. Definitely. And embrace all of your story. That's what I definitely encourage everybody to do. I know the the bad times and the hard times and when you were taken advantage of and all of those different things, they hurt. However, being able to fully embrace how that those experiences shifted who you are or affected the way that you showed up today or show up today definitely is in full scope of who you are as a human being, right? Because if I never experienced daddy issues, I may not have been 
I'm an overachiever. I may not have been successful, right? I may have just settled for the bare minimum in life. However, unfortunately, I was the little girl who grew up achieving my way out of trauma to make sure that my dad came around because I felt like every time my dad came around, I was achieving something. So I and my kid brain put daddy shows up when I do good things. And so that's what I desired um, in life at that time, which led me to striving for success in every area of my life. So, yeah, just kind of looking at what you gain from those particular experiences, as opposed to kind of running away from those or kind of, you know, brushing those off or ignoring them. Sis, you just said achieving your way out of trauma. Mm Y'all, if y'all didn't feel that, that's still like resonating in my bones right now. We are made up of so many parts of us. Y'all ever say, man, I hate that part of me. Or man, that part always gets in the way. Or I love that part of me. We are made up of many parts. And I like to think of them as like little sub personalities or even that little girl inside of you that's still probably needing to heal, wanting to be heard. But if we think about all the parts and this is something, obviously something therapeutic I'm introducing to y'all, it's called parts work. Our personality, our identity is made up of all these parts. And you said achieving your way out of trauma. Here's the thought. Who would have thought that achieving could have an adverse reaction or an adverse effect? Who would have thought it wouldn't have been probably a positive thing? So when we look at the the parts that make up our body, there are the parts that we want to shine. Like, look at me, look at me. And there are the parts that we wish we didn't have. Procrastination, perfectionism, and sometimes, yes, even overachieving can be an unwanted part based on how it's being activated in real life. Because we can overachieve our butts to burnout too. Okay? And so I invite you all, Quit pushing those parts down. Let those parts come up in your body because they need attention. The more you push them down, the more we're likely to sabotage when we're doing well, when we're in healthy relationships, it's going to come out. I totally agree. And so when I just look at your t-shirt and your brand, Hey Girl Heal, um, it speaks to that. Hey Girl, comma, that comma is to pause. Just pause. And remember, heal has an I-N-G for the many of us, 99.9% of us. There is no E-D at it, the end. Ever. We can desensitize and we can recover from experiences. But believe me, we are always and constantly healing. You identified yourself as a first-generation curse breaker. Educate us. Yes. So God gave me this role. It's very heavy. However, I'm the first person in my family who is embarking on this healing journey. And one of the things that I found a lot of frustration in as I started, I've been in therapy for six years consistently. I run Hey Girl Heal. I'm a mindset coach. However, one of the things that I struggle with that I feel like a lot of black and brown families or or first generation of curse breakers struggle with is your family not coming along with you. And as a first generational curse breaker, you are paving the way, you are blazing this new trail because your desire is to break these curses and these toxic cycles off of your family. So just to be completely honest, the two that I wholeheartedly stand behind that I'm breaking off my family is single motherhood and poverty. And so being able to identify what those things are, my actions and my habits and my values and who I am, I make sure that they align with the curses that I'm trying to break. So I can't say that I'm out here trying to break poverty, but I have bad money management skills or I'm 
throwing my money away at everything. Being the first generational curse breaker is that person in their family who's the first person to say, yes, this has to stop. Or yes, I will no longer embark on this and I want to be able to help my family break this thing off of our family, whether it's intergenerational trauma, whether it's family trauma, whatever those things are, those are the things that you say yes to. Sometimes saying yes is scary, but you're committed to making sure that you heal yourself first um, to make sure that you're in position to break those things off of your family. Yeah, yeah. That's a powerful reflection question for you all. What curse will you commit to breaking? What will you say yes to stopping? And perhaps it starts with doing less. When you know, as it relates to something like uh, propelling yourself out of poverty or even shifting a p- poverty mindset, reframing mm-hmm. a thought that keeps you in a spiral. So what curse will you commit to breaking? And transparency, mine, I committed to a long time ago. I would stop the curse of sexual abuse in my family and poverty. Yes, okay. that's powerful. Yes. And so reflect on that question and see what comes up for you. That's a great conversation to have with your girlfriends or people who also desire to heal. You all have uh, heard me talk about it time after time, and you're going to hear this come up. People in your lives contribute to your healing or lack thereof journey. We have got to stop giving people permission on how we heal and when we heal. Would you agree with that? I totally agree. Healing is definitely up to you and you don't need (laughs) external validation to heal, right? Your journey is your journey. Whether somebody judges you for it, whether somebody has something to say about it, definitely continue to move forward because it is for you. Um, And no one can tell you how to heal, when to heal, where to heal, what's best for you because you are the only person who knows you wholeheartedly. You're the only one who knows what you struggle with behind closed doors, right? The things that you don't talk about, the things that you, um, you know, sweep under the rug or the what happens in this house stays in this house conversations that you've had, right? You're the only person who knows that. And so definitely always choose you and what's best for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So healing seems so big. It's unattainable. You know, we got uh, things happening to black and brown people every day. What's the point? Those are some of the things I hear people ask me. How did you start your healing journey? Okay. It starts with a story. We like stories. Yes, I like, I'm a storyteller. Yes. I had a lot of that all the time. As far as the healing journey, just to backtrack a little bit, most of the time throughout my life, I said the, uh, achieving my way out of trauma. So it was more so daddy issues that I had. I personally felt more so disappointment and unworthy um, and unloved because my dad not only lived in the same city with me, but I had a sister who was two years older than me and he was very, very active in her life. We didn't have the same mom though. So I don't want, to, want you to think that. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like I wasn't good enough because you devote this time to my other sister, but you don't spend time with me. It wasn't until I was 25 years old where I initiated the conversation with my dad to meet up and have dinner where he told me that he did he wasn't around because he knew that my mom would take good care of me. And so it was at that point that I realized that sometimes being superwoman sometimes serves as a curse, right? Being the strong, independent Black woman. Although we've done great things to mm-hmm. move our lives forward and achieve a lot of things, sometimes people don't see it the same way that we see it. And they take it as, oh, she got it. Oh, she can handle it. Which for me resulted in me not having my dad in my life because my mom had all of her stuff together. And so all, for all, me, all the while, we're tired. 
tired, burnt out, beat down, mentally exhausted, overwhelmed, whatever, overextended, whatever word you want to put there that you resonate with right now, it, it's not good. It's not for you. I developed a lot of daddy issues, the unworthiness, all the different things. My senior in high school, my little brother, he passed away from pneumonia. I went to grief counseling for probably like two months. The lady was not a brown, a, a black lady. So I really didn't resonate with the grief counseling that I was getting. And so I told my mom, mom, I really don't want to do this anymore. So my mom supports everything that I do. So she was like, you know, well, you don't have to go. However, I wish I would have stayed in it longer or found somebody else because I went to college the year after. And I hadn't healed from losing my brother unexpectedly. And so I went to college. Um, I was drinking. I was voted most likely to succeed in high school. I was a top 1% in high school. However, I went to college. I had a 2.8 GPA. I was on the Great Goose, had a fight, got kicked out of college because it was on video at the dorm. And I went back to the same place that I said I never wanted to return from. I went back to my room at my mom's house and I realized like, okay, how did I get here? And that's when I realized that, okay, how did most likely to succeed, <laughs> come back, and now she's doing nothing, right? And I realized it was because of the choices that I had made, my me running from the thing that I really needed, which was healing. And it's crazy that God led me to create a, an entire movement from something that I ran from for so long. Going back home um, was an eye-opener for me. Then in 20, ooh, 2018, I broke off my engagement about five months before walking down the aisle because I realized there was still more parts of me that I needed to heal before I became one with someone. I realized there were still some other daddy issues and things that I needed to work on. I made one of the most courageous decisions of my life, which was saying, okay, this is not for me at this time and deciding to take my child and be a single mom. That's what I did in that moment. I talk about it on social media. However, one of the main responses that I got was from women, I'm happy for you, but I would have never been able to do that. Mm. For me, the psychological desires that I have, like I love like the, how the mind works. And so just to hear women say, Black women say that they would stay in something that no longer served them or they would allow someone to kind of just be a placeholder in their lives while they figured out their healing journey or what hurt them or different things like that. I felt like it was kind of crazy to settle into a situation yeah. if you know that's not where you're supposed to be. Right. If you're listening, there's no shade at all. If you are choosing to stay and have somebody be a placeholder, we know it's it's not just, oh, I can leave. There are some people who might be in domestically violent relationships, yeah. lack of resources, or have not had their healing reckoning yet. We call that, you know, our Shiro moment of you when you are at your rock bottom or just at that pivotal moment, you're like, something has to change. Yes. Definitely. And that's where I was um, with that. It was a lot of crying and praying and rediscovering myself and just spending time healing because I was in therapy at that time. And I believe I was in it for about a year. But as I was going, in addition to that and premarital counseling, there was a lot of things within myself that I was being able to see. I felt like the blinders were being taken off of me in regular therapy and in premarital counseling as well. And I was like, I'm not healed, not healed enough, but I'm not at a place where I can say yes to being someone's wife. There we go. Wow. That's powerful. You have an amazing story. And I know many of you all, you're like, that's my story. That's my story. And when I think about how God 
used your experiences as a catalyst. Here's the thing, y'all will hear me say again, I don't believe people have to go through horrible life experiences to experience good things. I don't like that mindset. Unfortunately, many of us go through them and it's important that we take what we need and leave what we don't from it to show up as our best version today. So I want you to be very clear of that and take that how you want to. I don't believe people have to be broken into pieces to do good, to to live well. You feel me? I and, totally agree. But, but but we've been conditioned to that, especially mm-hmm. all those of us yeah. that grew up in the church. The struggle. We got to struggle yeah. to get yeah. to success yeah. and yeah. get to good things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I once asked a pastor, I said, why do I got to be broke down and a nobody to get to know God? Like, don't God want to know a, a, a healthy, strong version of me? <laughs> That's my daddy. He wants me to, to, to do good and look good and see good. Okay. Hey, I don't hey. have to be all down laying on the ground and all of that. No, but that is how many church folks have been conditioned. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I love doing is listening to people's experiences and pulling alliterations out of it. Uh, a quick way to, to give a snapshot. When I think of heal, it, it allows me to come up with an alliteration based on those letters. And what you're describing for the H is to have a hope, but also to get help. We are not meant to do this alone. I know we got independent sisters. Y'all done built all these businesses, raise your kids and all the other things. Hope and help. We are not meant to do it alone. I believe when we can maintain hope, purpose, and meaning, we can go get through anything. And I say get through it because that it means it's going to be perfect, but we can get through it and come out well. And another book I'm going to throw at you all is by Viktor Frankl, you know, old school dude from back in the day. He has a book called Man's Search for Meaning, and he talks about it. He's watching his family during the Holocaust get murdered and all of these things. And somebody said, how did you keep your focus to stay alive? And he said, hope, purpose, and meaning. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so for the E, embrace challenges and explore. So embrace and explore. It is so important that we embrace our challenges because again, if we push them down, it's gonna be very hard to find a starting point to change. And it's an exploration. You're a traveler, I'm a traveler. I couldn't possibly go in fear every time I uh, get on a plane and go overseas. I embrace the exploration. A, advocate and alliance. When you can learn the art of self-advocacy, Finding the words, finding what you need to speak up for yourself, telling people, I'm not about that life no more. You will not treat or talk to me like the old version of me. Sis is healing. Then that alliance, going back to that help, build your alliance of people who want to see you win and heal. It it, it takes a team. L, learn and listen, learn from the wisdom. I recently had someone very special to me say, you know, Dominique, sometimes you forget to apply the wisdom. I was hurt. Cause Maya, Cicely, Michelle, they all up in me. And I, I clapped back and I was like, you, you know, and I, afterwards I was like, okay, I see what you mean. So learn to apply the wisdom. As sis is saying to us, She's experienced it. She's created a movement to guide you, to nurture you on your journey. And then as you're learning from the wisdom, listen to learn. An acronym, and I'm done with my alliterations, is WAIT. Why am I talking? 
We have got to learn to listen and listen to learn. Everything ain't about always saying something. Healing doesn't always require words. So I know that was a mouthful, but y'all know I love my alliterations to succinct information. Is there anything you would add or was I off the mark on any of the things based on what you've shared? Oh no, you were definitely spot on with everything and I'm grateful for this conversation. Um, One thing that I really, I specialize in um, is helping women turn their setbacks into major comebacks. So I don't know why I felt led to speak to the person who is ready to give up or the person who is seeing a current challenge as a dead end. I want to encourage you to continue to keep pushing and to keep going, to break through that barrier any way that you can so that you can get around to the other side. Um, There is hope in healing. I know it hurts, right, because we are ripping these Band-Aids off and we are exposing ourselves to parts of us that we've suppressed for so long. But I encourage you to stay in it. I encourage you to be consistent with it. I encourage you to choose yourself, right? Because the the life on the other side of healing will blow your mind, right? Because there are so many things that you know that you desire. However, you're held back at this time by maybe limiting beliefs or maybe what somebody said about you or maybe the labels that were placed on you. But I encourage you to keep going and do what it is that you need to do. There you, you can get past this. There are people, right? There's space for sisters. There's Hey Girl Heal. There are communities of women who are waiting to welcome you with open arms. You just have to commit and say yes to coming with us along this journey. I am rooting for you and I love you guys. So you already started identifying some tangible things that they can start working on to unpack their setbacks in preparation for their comeback. You talked about consistency. What are some other tangible small things, small things they can do to make that transformation, put it in motion. Yes. So I like live by journaling. (laughs) We have a Hey Girl Hill journal. However, that's where I started my healing journey was just putting my thoughts on paper, right? Every morning, every night, writing out how I truly feel, not the way that I try to show up for social media, not the way that I tell my family I'm fine, air quotes, but how do I truly feel today? Right. What does my body feel like? It allowed me to sit with my emotions, but also to put words to my emotions. Right. I'm feeling overwhelmed. My When I'm feeling overwhelmed, my body feels like, you know, this bubbly sensation and I'm ready to go back to sleep. But I have responsibilities, whatever it is that you're feeling. Start there. Right. With the self-reflection, putting it on paper. Also asking yourself those questions. Dominique gave you some questions to ask yourself throughout this episode as well. Asking yourself the tough questions. What does it what does it look like to be the first generational curse breaker? What curses am I breaking in my family? Being able to honestly answer those. I know many times we have a tendency to be somewhat defensive with people in in our personal lives or in person, but paper allows you to be real, right? To elaborate, to to tell exactly how you truly feel and what it looks like for you. And then getting around communities and environments that encourage healing, that encourage you to become a better version or more aligned version of yourself. So the third thing I would say is focus on being present. Mm. I know one of the things that Black women struggle with is being present. We're good at getting the degrees. We're good at reading the self-help books and listening to the Sarah Jakes Roberts sermons and all these things that we do. Like they good. They good. They good. And and and. But I challenge you to be present with yourself. One of the things that my clients struggle with a lot is being present with themselves and their kids. These are things that God blessed you with, and just being able to get out of your head so that you can 
embrace and have a great time and actually just be fully present with the things around you um, and the people around you as well. Also, last thing that your work is not attached to your worth. Okay. The things that you do, <laughs> those are just the things that you do. You are worthy without having to do anything. You are worthy for simply existing and being who you are right now. Listening to this podcast, no matter what your hair look like, your face is not beat or your clothes you got on, you are worthy exactly the way that you are. And I want you to continue to remember that and tap into that. You don't have to do achieve another degree. You don't have to get another certification. You don't have to attend another program to be worthy. You're already worthy the way that you are now, the way that God created you. What do you desire for women to see when they look at the, their reflection in the mirror? I desire for women to see love. A lot of us didn't experience the love that we desired. I'm going to put we desired at the end of it growing up. A lot of us didn't experience the love that we give in relationships, right? A lot of us are, are super women, right? We're catering to the needs of other people. But when we need somebody, nobody is available, right? I, I challenge you to see love within yourself and happiness within yourself without anything else attached to it, yeah. right? And that requires you to engage and embark on a self-love journey of what does it look like to love myself, mm -hmm. right? Many of us are good at pouring out love to other people, but we suck at giving love to ourselves. And so this may be the season where you embark on your self-love journey and what I call soul care. Caring for your mind, your will, and your emotions in this specific season. And also knowing what is it that makes you happy? Okay, that's another question that we can add to the list. What is it that makes you happy? Okay, many of us have been dancing to the beat of everyone else's drums. We may have been people pleasers throughout our lives or super women or whatever it is. But what is it that makes me happy? Yeah. Right? What makes me smile? Right outside of the the dropping kids off at the activities or going to work or scrolling on social media, what is it that truly makes me happy? And get back into that. Right? Mm -hmm. Maybe for you, for me, it's volleyball. Maybe for you, it's going to a painting class or art exhibit or going to I fly to risk <laughs> your life or whatever it is. <laughs> make sure that you find time to do those things that actually make you happy. And here's the thing: I think that that's going to be the journey. Many women don't even know they have made so many necessary and so many unnecessary sacrifices that they've kind of lost their sense of identity. So I love the soul care. I I, I love that. And so thank you, thank you, thank you so much. As we get ready to wrap up, please share with our audience where they can find you on the socials and in the world. On socials, I am on all social media platforms as Tahoya Talks, so T-A-H-A-U-Y-A-T-A-L-K-S. And we're on all platforms with Hey Girl Heal, so Hey Girl Heal. And my website is TahoyaJackson.com. As I said, I'm a mindset coach and I help women turn their setbacks into major comebacks. And we have a free quiz. So if you are wondering what habit is holding up your healing, we have a free quiz where you can go and get more information on how to sh shift your habits around a little bit so that you can embark on this healing journey and make it as fruitful and um, transformative as possible. And that link is bit.ly slash hgh quiz. So hey girl here, but it's hgh quiz. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, download, and share. Got a topic you want us to cover? Don't hesitate to send us a message. We welcome you to subscribe to our email list and connect with us across social media platforms to stay in the know about Space for Sisters.